Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I am joined by Aaron Alvarado in Los Angeles. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm pumped, man. We uh, we have a Star Wars trailer to break down. Uh, the Lakers just beat the Clippers in opening opening night. Did they no, win? They, no, they didn't win. Okay, they lost by ten. Well, but in my head, they won. I mean, you guys had a major injury to what are your two all stars? No, that was Clippers. Oh, uh, Alex Caruso was hurt. Oh, he was. So, oh yeah, we were down. Caruso AC, mm-hmm. the best AC since Green for sure. <laughs> But uh, Aaron, I uh, I appreciate you taking the. T- oh no! Oh, is that Siri? Is Siri wants yeah. in on the pod? Siri, well, the second Siri heard a reference to AC Green, uh, Lakers great AC Green. Siri was like, "Huh? What? So say what?" <laughs> Literally, by pull up, Siri has shows me a search results on on eBay for green beanie babies that you can put on top of your head to signify your chasteness, which is what. <laughs> Um, so Aaron, thank you for taking the time to go through a Star Wars trailer. I know that, um, when what it I live for, who are you kidding? You, uh, it's, I think it's safe to say, uh, you're a Scorsese when it comes to this type of cinema. And I, what I mean by that is the recent comments that Martin Scorsese has been under fire for, which I think is incredible, uh, about, uh, he called Marvel movies, basically comic book movies, but specifically Marvel, um, not real cinema. More right. like theme park stuff. And people like lost their minds. Uh, and I was like laughing because I'm just like, this is exactly like Scorsese and Aaron are just of two minds. Like that's, they operate from uh, a set of principles and a view of the world that are very similar. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I do have the cinema appetites of a, of a boomer. So that's, that's where <laughs> I have the connection. You have all the Scorsese. cinema appetites. Yes, yes. Similar uh, appetite for cinema. Uh, less access to social security for you, though. You won't have... Oh, no, it's gone. Uh, it's gone by the time be, I get there. It'll be long gone. Uh, well, people like Scorsese, Scorsese never die, so they're just going to drain it forever. No. He's just going to keep reaping what we're sowing out of our hard-earned paychecks. <laughs> Speak for uh, yourself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Scorsese uh, made that comment. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola uh right. another legendary f- filmmaker legendary boomer mm-hmm. legendary boomer <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh big into nepotism um oh, things yeah. like that but he doubled down he even pushed it further i i he incited he i don't remember do you remember what exactly he said i can't remember exactly what he said but he definitely was trying to trigger the libs with his comments and and it worked well, it worked james gunn director of guardians of oh, the oh boy he took the bait didn't he he did hook, line, and sinker. Oh, it, it's oh, it so sad to see because I think James Gunn is an incredibly creative writer and director. And I don't know why he's making a suicide film follow up slash reboot slash was sequel. I uh, can't imagine why. Uh, well, I do know technically why. It's because he got briefly uh, terminated from Disney only to be brought back in the fold again, um, which is we're not going to get into that. But uh, I, I have some respect for James Gunn, but then he goes on and on about how he defended Martin Scorsese back when The Last Temptation of Christ came out and people were boycotting him before having seen it. And he was just like, I stood up for that film and cinema 
like I, why I, w- I would have wished she would have reciprocated and, and stood up. And I'm just I mean, like, oh, that's, that's quite a take. Compare The Last Temptation of Christ to Ant-Man. I mean, it's, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. It's literally the double feature at our drive-thru in Sacramento here this weekend is The Last Temptation of Christ and Endgame. <laughs> so both kind of, similar, you know, they're similar themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I uh, yeah, devastating. But that's all to say. Uh, you're still here to join me, even though you uh, may not believe this is technically cinema. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, but we're going to break down this trailer, Aaron, uh, frame by frame. We got a I'm video ready. feed. So we're introducing some new tech that we, I hope goes well. Everyone in the comments, please let me know if the audio is not working or if it's writing and whatever. We're Brian, counting on you. Just, it's just you. You're the only person out there right now. That's, we are totally relying on you. Um, and uh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna play some clips we're gonna break it down i think there's about four or five stopping points and so roughly 15 to you know 25 seconds or so uh little chunks at a time and then we're gonna break down what we see so um for those on the podcast feed you'll you'll hear the audio and so um i will say last night before this trailer debuted the ticket sales also went up did you secure your tickets for opening night um i didn't yeah so i i mean i'll probably see star wars at some point but i'm not probably i'm probably not gonna see it opening night <laughs> some point <laughs> we're, just FYI, we're podcasting about it like day one so. <laughs> i can guess okay. what happens i don't think that i even need to see the movie I mean, yeah yeah I, I was gonna say i could podcast it alone but you you'll you could just join and play along because i don't think anyone will be yeah any wiser, right? They'll, yeah. Well, also after seeing the trailer, I think we already know exactly what's going to happen. Like all our worst fears are, are confirmed after seeing that trailer. So, Ooh, worst fears. We'll go into we'll go into okay, we will. Yeah, just just say in our review for the fil- full film, just keep saying Palpatine's back, baby. Palpy's back. <laughs> Good to see the Emperor back. Uh, and all of that will, will likely be true. Um, I did get my tickets uh, for IMAX 2D, uh, and they broke all the records for pre-sale tickets uh, that were uh, previously held by Endgame. So that's good to see. Um, but let's jump into this trailer and break it down. You ready? Let's do it. It's an instinct. All right. Opening scene. What do we see? Ray in a jungle dropping a helmet. She has no use for that anymore. I guess it's too heavy. Got a shed weight. She's running really fast. But did you notice what she was doing? She was deflecting these blasters. No, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so she drops this helmet. It looks like some sort of training helmet of some kind. Mm-hmm. And she's got a lightsaber. She's running, by the way, she's running with a unsheathed lightsaber basically on. And then Smart. a few moments later, a, a wide shot, like a drone shot. Uh, I wonder what the drones are like, by the way, in the Star Wars universe, because they've got to be good. But uh, <laughs> this drone shot of her running full speed with a turned on lightsaber. And I just feel like that's really unsafe. <laughs> like, unless you're going to, you need it 
to cut through something like it's like it's the worst version of running with scissors i can think of yeah i was, I was just gonna say obviously she never went to third grade she never had a teacher scold her about running with scissors no no the jack no no third grade on jack who no she was homeschooled it i mean it <laughs> it goes to show I want to know what Uncar plot, how Uncar plot was as a as a, a homeschool teacher, uh, which was apparently her caretaker as well as the person she had to bargain with uh, to get food every day. Um, so that's the character that, and the, that's Simon Pegg and all his uh, prosthetics. Right. I hope he's back in this one. He's not in the trailer, unfortunately. Mm, but I, I hope that's too bad. Um, uh, what are the odds that the pl- the Jungle Planet is Endor? So we're going to talk about that. What okay. are the odds? So 99.5%. Well, uh, I don't think it's Endor. Okay. I, Endor is in this movie and we see that pr- practically confirmed in the, uh, in some of the shots of this film, whether or not this, that is the forest of Endor, which was shot in the California redwoods. Uh, this looks more jungle than it does redwoods. So that's why I'm guessing it's something else entirely. Now, the significance of this opening scene and why I'm stopping to talk about it is there is a training droid, this little like seeker orb that is shooting little uh, non-lethal lasers that she is deflecting uh, the exact same type of droid that Luke trained with. Um, you will notice it from A New Hope when he's on the Millennium Falcon with a little blaster shield and, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of starts the initial parts of the training. Um, she's clearly training. So this is the this is basically, I think the movie's like, not just the trailer, but the movie's likely going to start with Ray finishing her training. So she, uh, because they need to speed that part up. She's got to be a full-fledged Jedi. So the, you know. Do we have any, do we have any guess on the time passage uh, from one movie Mm. to the next? In your mind, what are you thinking? Yeah. um, I think it's, my guess is that it's one year later, one to two years. It's not going to be more than that though. My guess is one year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, JJ Abrams may have publicly said him and uh, co-writer Chris Terrio, they've been doing a lot of press in EW and Empire. And so they I, I know they're getting asked that question and it may be answered, but I think it's like a year. It's not right after the way that Force Awakens did Last Jedi was. Certainly not because the literally the uh, resistance was about uh, half a dozen people and it wasn't their best people. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but of course, there's there's a lot more support and people in the resistance all over the galaxy that have magically arrived, right? But it is about a year later. Now the question is, who? How is Ray finishing her training? If Luke is dead, who is training her? Are there Jedi left? Do you have I'm, any guesses? I'm gonna say there absolutely is, are Jedi left, um, oh. and over that year span. She runs across them, or actually, I'm gonna say they find her. That's my guess. Oh, I'm gonna say somehow, and it's gonna be explained away in a simple okay. two sentences. I really um, that uh, a little this, late to be introducing new Jedi. <laughs> this, these dormant Jedi, uh, you know, I'm gonna say Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata sent out some oh. sort of signal. Um, so it also kind of is in tune with the force, not a Jedi. But there you go. This I'm I'm I think, I'm connecting the dots right here live. We're doing this live. You're o- you're overlooking uh, a prominent person. Oh no. Um, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that's uh, Princess Leia. But yeah, she's not Carrie a Jedi. Fisher might be dead, but well, is she though? I think we're gonna find out 
whether or not because after Return of the Jedi, people just assumed that uh, Luke was going to train Leia. She found out he's his twin sister. She's also, uh, you know, has the force. Yoda's line about no, there is another. There is one more that can be the chosen one, meaning Leia. Um, and a lot of people assumed, and in much of the now non-canon legacy books, there were various versions of her training with oh. Luke. Uh, now, in the official Disney books that have been coming out since Disney acquired, uh, one of the books um, explains specifically that she began training with Luke, but then decided to pursue a political career and start a family with Han, thus Ben, instead of continuing that training. But she started it. And I bet you anything, she's going to take that knowledge and then she's going to finish the training for Ray. That's that's my guess. Okay. And in the trailer, you see this embrace in the jungle. And I think this is all part of that same scene. So that's I my like, guess. Yeah, I like your guess better than mine, if I'm being honest. I like Maz. <laughs> It'd be great if Maz comes in and she's just like berating. She's just like super mean. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gets really ugly because uh, Ma, Maz can get mean. Oh, yeah. uh, but anyway, Um. Yes, and then one last thing, uh, Finn's line, uh, it's an instinct, a feeling, the Force brought us together. We don't know who he's talking to. Um, it's, you know, it sounds nice. It's a narrative uh, cut for this trailer, but we don't really understand the context of it. But let's continue. This scene we're looking at now is what appears to be a, a gathering of rebels or resistance fighters underneath some sort of ship Um and uh, with Lando and Poe and 3PO and Finn, um, it looks like a lot of pilots. They have restocked their pilots. And so um, anyway, so we're going to start uh, start in from that point. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Okay, just a quick stop here. Uh, we're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Poe is the leader. Uh, we get this uh, great hero shot of Finn and Poe and Chewie walking up to an X-Wing and then turning around. And I don't know if this is cut sequentially in the film this way, but then we see this rebel blockade runner that looks exactly like the one that you know, opens A New Hope, the one that gets docked by the Star Destroyer. We see it kind of crashing down in what I presume to be some sort of rebel... Uh, base in this kind of jungle area and so um i don't know if that is like if that thing's crashing because it's hit uh if it's kind of like a mayday or if it's like the rebels that are coming in to join the fight and we just got like a bad pilot just coming in a little too hot on the landing <laughs> it very well could be that um but all right let's go on to uh to, to ray and kylo people keep telling me they know me no one does Okay. Now this is Endor. Uh, an in, uh, Endor that looks like it's had some climate change issues because those waves are whoa. Do you see the water? I don't remember the the Ewoks were not fighting that battle, um, which is crazy. Uh, are you coming through? I can't hear you. I'm not sure if uh... can you hear me now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I was I was saying that's Ewok. Um, Ewok made climate change. If I've ever ever seen it, those heavy waves. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. I would honestly watch one of the kind of like standalone films that are just about the politics of the Ewok civilization, those that were fighting to uh, against you know to battle to climate change and those who you know didn't believe it was real. But 
Uh, we see who won now in the end. Um, no, but seriously, this is clearly the Death Star, Death Star 2, which yeah. was the one in Return of the Jedi, crashed in water. And we see Rey and Kylo in this confrontation. Now, what's interesting, given The Last Jedi, is we have no idea if this is in person, if they are both physically there interacting with each other, or if this is one of their force flirts, you know, where they like meet up and it looks real, but they're really just like at home. It's like their VR experience. It's the Star yeah. Wars equivalent of sliding into DMs. <laughs> so, let's link it. I'm trying to imagine Kylo thinking of the most romantic place to take Rey. And he's just like, oh, yeah, the crashed Death Star from Return of the Jedi. Taking her to Endor. She's going to love this. And she's like, what the heck? This is terrible. He just loves ancient Empire artifacts. Like He's just like, he's got the <laughs> Vader helmet. And he's just like, I thought you would like this. Um, but uh, what's interesting here is the dialogue from Rey. Where she says, and I, I actually think this is pretty interesting dialogue, where she says, people keep telling me that they know me. No one does. Uh, and that's interesting because J.J. Uh, Abrams had said publicly, you know, in these in recent press, that when they set out to write the script for this, that there were two primary questions that they wanted to make sure they answered with the script for The Rise of Skywalker. And one of those questions was, who is Rey? Not just in terms of lineage, like where does she come from, but like, who is she really as a character? Like, what is her, what is, um, what are her guiding principles? Like, what are her, like, you know, cause we, we've gotten a lot of time with Ray, but I don't know that she's the most developed character in the Star Wars universe. And I think that I like that they had the, a, a point of emphasis to explore that. And so that line really feels like it's born out of that sentiment. Um, and she says, no one does, but Kyla feels differently. Well, I mean, you know what's convenient about that, you know, her being undeveloped is when you when you create a Mary Sue, you don't have to develop them. Whoa, so. whoa, holy Max Landis. Okay, <laughs> wow, canceled. Uh, hey, Max you know, did some uh, bad things, but not he wasn't always wrong. <laughs> he did. Uh, no, nah, yeah, I think he, actually, I think he was always wrong. Every script he's written, wrong, <laughs> very bad. Um, Every haircut, very bad. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I can imagine how disappointed his dad is in him. But anyway, um, so Kylo comes in here saying, but I do. I know you. Um, people say they don't know you, but I do. I'm ready uh, for the worst acting that Adam Driver's ever done. It, it, I yeah. think it's coming in this movie. You think so? Because this yeah. year we have him uh, allegedly giving his greatest performance in uh, a marriage story. Uh, was it Noah Baumbach's film? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be something if he decides purposely to give his worst performance in this? So you get kind of like a tale of two uh, Adams. <laughs> It'd be funny if he was trying to get fired from Star Wars. He could make uh, art house movies like The Report yeah. and uh, Marriage Story. Well, yeah, I can't really slot someone else into the Adam Driver look. Only one person. <laughs> well, I'm now, sure they one... actually. I'm, I'm sure they they sign their their likeness away, so you can just do like the deep fake. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, now the, a point I'm going to bring this point up again, lightsaber safety. Kylo says, but I do. He walks up and he does this flip thing with, and his lightsabers, all kinds of not safe. Um, and he flips it around in a way that it just seems reckless, you know, not, not a battle move. Doesn't need it. Like he's really trying to impress Ray. Um, but like one slip and it's slippery conditions, by the way, very prone to, and he's like, his leg is gone. 
arm gone. <laughs> like, what is he? What are we doing? I know. Yeah, I know. There's not a lot of Jedi left to like give pointers and stuff like that. But maybe we should start with lightsaber training because that doesn't take the force. Uh, doesn't take a genius. <laughs> yeah, we need uh, some okay. help, discipline for sure. Yeah, I would love the force ghost to just appear like, okay, sorry, I stayed out for as long as I could, but I got like Qui-Gon is just like, yeah, just, okay, don't activate the saber unless you absolutely have to. You will injure yourself. Like, uh, I don't think that's going to be happening in this film, but uh, shall we continue? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, lots to talk about here. What a montage. Okay, we hear Palpatine. Long have I waited, and now your coming together will be your undoing. Okay, first off, what was he waiting for? And why did it take people coming together to end them, right? Like, that seems like a weird long game. It's very convenient. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, you guys all got together. Well, guess up. That's the thing that's going to be your weakness is your <laughs> togetherness. I don't know. But look, if the if the record shows anything, it's that the emperor uh, wasn't the best strategist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he had quite the upper hand in many of the battles that he lost throughout the Star Wars films. And so uh, first off, this idea now that Palpatine, you know, given that we knew he was going to be in this movie because the trailer has his laugh and they confirmed he was in it, there was still rampant speculation about in what form. Is he a ghost? Is he in physical form? Like, what, what does this mean? This, I think this film all but confirms a physical... This is not a ghost version. He is alive. Uh, and in what the clips we just watched, we see a throne, presumably his, made out of icicles. I mean, it looks cold in there. Like, really cold. Um, we it see all like this... It looks like it belongs in uh, Superman's cast. Or uh, what's it's the Fortress of Solitude? There you go, yeah. Fortress of Solitude. You see all these Tie Fighters flying towards this mm -hmm. like glacier. Thing? It looks like the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, it really, it really got some Kal El vibes for sure. Uh, and then uh, let's see, you got the, yeah. Long have I waited. Now you're coming together. Is your undoing. Um, and then you have all of these ships. Okay, you have the you see all these rebel ships, tons of them. Okay, all kinds. Of, it, it feels like they've come from all over the far reaches of the galaxy to, to band together, and it's kind of a cool shot. Uh, and then you get the Falcon just coming up and kind of its leader in front of all of them. Uh, and a keen eye will notice uh, a, a ship just to the right of the Falcon uh, called uh, the Ghost from Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. And so, the those Star Wars fans. Uh, anyone who's watched rebels and has seen the trailer by now probably uh, noticed it or has read about that, but that's kind of exciting. Um, I, I would love if they actually showed some of the characters from rebels in human form, but I don't think they're going to go that far. Is there any precedent for that? Have they done that yet? Have yeah. They Rogue One. yeah okay. We saw it in Rogue One as well. And it was just the ship and it was really brief and it was among a bunch of other ships that were going into scare for the big battle at the end of Rogue One. And so this feels like this is probably going to be the same type of thing. Just a quick cameo, just a nod to those folks. Um, 
but uh, I'll say I love I love a good Millennium Falcon hero mm-hmm. shot. As the way it drops in too, which I feel like it's got to be planned. Like they're up there waiting. They're like, okay, get those ships together. Get in. Uh, like, all right, drop in now. <laughs> and uh, but I'm laughing because consider the fact that <laughs> Unkar plot had the Millennium Falcon on Jakku for who knows how long. This like storied ship that's leading this huge fleet of ships. The dude had it under a tarp, just sitting there, not flying it, not selling it. He he's he's trying to do everything he can to get his parts and whatnot to like mm-hmm. make money. Meanwhile, he's got the Millennium Falcon under a tarp doing nothing. Uh, like it's, it's just funny to me that this that this ship was just so greatly underutilized for. <laughs> really important this was i mean he was basically going to list listed on craigslist it just That's parted out yeah. marketplace they're the equivalent of jacku the jacku marketplace not great not a lot of bites <laughs> i i can imagine the underbidding coming in from from people <laughs> like would you take 25 it's like oh this thing defeated the second death star come on like have some respect um but anyway uh we also get what another thing i love is the millennium falcon uh, all the all our friends and heroes in the cockpit shot, and we get that here. We get Ray and Chewie and Finn and Poe all walking in, all looking happy. And this movie seems like they're going to keep these people together rather than divide them as uh, much as they did in the Last Jedi, which is which is great to see. I love to see these characters together. Uh, we see a little bit more fighting of Ray and Kylo again on the Death Star remains uh, Endor, and uh, yeah, and then we see this water. This like weird div- like craft, like a poorly designed jet ski um, that if you look closely, Ray is uh, piloting and it's going up over the water oh, up a, to what looks like a waterfall. And then it kind of shows that once again, another shot of the, the Death Star remains. And so a lot of epic shots. Uh, let's continue. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Okay, this is the emotional hammer drop. And it was given to 3PO to deliver, which I think is bold choice. Uh, <laughs> this, this tiny little alien creature, uh, which we actually know his name. It's, uh, it's like Baba Frick. Yes, Babu Frick. Uh, and it's doing some things with the wires in the back of 3PO's head. And Poe then says to 3PO, like, uh, 3PO, what are you doing? And uh, he says, taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Question for you, Aaron. Why Why is this the last look 3PO gets? What's about to happen to poor 3PO? Um, so C-3PO sacrifices his body and his yeah. mind. Um, to save the Millennium Falcon that is um, on its last legs. I'm calling that now. They part them out and they use some sort of part that's inside of them to save the Falcon. Now, remember L3 from Solo, her mind is the one inside the Falcon. Is it? Is it like a swap out? Oh yeah, like that's a... got to be it. I'm calling it now. So you think it's Falcon related? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Falcon related. Yeah, you seem to you seem you seem to have be strong in your convictions there. <laughs> I don't. What I just don't understand is why. Since when does C three PO have an understanding of time or a, like a finality? 
he's a robot. Like he's the whole point of him is that he can be reprogrammed and put into a new body, a new chassis. Isn't that the whole point of having a, a droid? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I want to believe the remainder of the scene plays out as follows. <laughs> when 3PO says, I'm, just gonna, I'm taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Poe just goes, oh, 3PO, we're not your friends. Like, <laughs> help us. Like, we're not. You don't even realize, 3PO, that you were a witness at Darth Vader's wedding. But you don't know because they wiped your memory then, too, just like we're about to now. Like, you have, you know, we're not your friends. We just keep wiping your memory at our convenience. <laughs> Thanks, but you're a droid. Like, this is what it's gonna be. You're not a human, so we're not gonna, you know. But but this this part plays for people. And oh, yeah. I, I got a text from uh, several of my Star Wars fans, uh, friends that are fans. Um, that basically was like, hey, like that man, that three PO three PO scene got me. Like it actually, you know, the music swells, and really he's just saying, yeah, you know, he's delivering the line that's like, this is the last film in a nine of the nine film Skywalker saga. We're, t- we're all taking one last look at our friends and there is a lot of emotional impact there. I just think it's funny coming from a droid, droid that's about to have his memory wiped and not for the first time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's like he might they might as well have had him like face the camera and look at us as he's saying that. Yeah. Well, what's great is in the teaser trailer, there's a shot of 3PO with his eyes clearly in the same scene. His eyes go full red. So whatever they're about to do with him is, is I think it's jacking up the old motherboard. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you also get a, a shot there of uh, uh, BB-8, and uh, and the fact that they introduced another droid. JJ had to do another droid. Cool, and we need more droids. Not to rag on JJ, but we don't have enough screen time for R2, who is the most important droid by far in this series. Homeboy's getting table scraps in these scripts for the last couple of films. He's just trying to get into scenes, trying to beep trying to let everyone know like I am the still the smartest person in the room not just droid but like person um please give me some screen time give me a computer to hack give me a computer hack uh, or else I'll wipe C3PO um and uh but yeah but look BB8 is adorable I get it but there's this new one called DO and they they trot out this like uh, remote controlled DO at Star Wars celebration on stage and and just really the lackluster response in the crowd. I mean, they were like, oh, okay, another droid. Last movie, we got to just cram in another droid. I don't know. I Look, not to be pessimistic, but we just easy, JJ. Easy. <laughs> Throttle uh, back on the okay. droids. All right. Let's. Uh, any other thoughts there? Should we keep going? No, it's just I, I, I really resent the fact that them pulling at the heartstrings like so nakedly. It, it is so blatant the, the way Crazy. they're doing it. It's just, it's kind of offensive to me, but what are you going to do? Well, this is, it. And this enters the the home stretch of the trailer. This is the part yeah. where it's like the climactic, the music is going to be the loudest, the swelling, the, right. the most epic uh, shots. And we're going to break those down in, in just two more parts before wrapping up all of this. Uh, but here is the second to last little segment right now. Confronting fear. Destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Okay. So the first shot there, the right as as the clips are playing, is act, actually my favorite shot of the whole trailer, and it is uh, a sprinting Poe and Finn and Chewie who are barreling around the corner and down the hallway of what appears to be some sort of. First Order Starship Star Destroyer 
whatever, tons of stormtroopers, and they're just blasting away uh, with reckless abandon. Like they're moving with a sense of urgency. They're jumping over stormtrooper bodies that they fired. And it's, yeah, from an action standpoint, that scene moves. Like oh, yeah. that actually got, it's yeah, really cool. I mean, that's the close quarter combat that we love about the series, right? Like there's been some of the best scenes in the entire series have taken place in close quarters like that. So if this continues that tradition, I'm all for it. And it looks like it does based on that scene. Looks like it. It's a great action scene. Um, and then we see that hug uh, from Ray to Leia that uh, I referenced earlier. And it's in yeah. the jungle. Same sequence, uh, oh, same there setting. You go. I think there's some training going on. Back some on emotions. your door. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> uh, and then we get Luke's voice for the first time. Uh, and, of course, we don't see Luke, um, but we know he's in it in some form, presumably as a Force ghost. But his voice, his voiceover says, confronting fear. It's the destiny of the Jedi. Your destiny. Uh, presumably speaking to Rey. Um, and then we get this quick like sand planet. I believe it's called Pasana. They've actually announced the name of that planet. Uh, just because everyone kept wondering if it was Jakku or Tatooine. They're like, no, it's actually another sand planet. Uh, there's only so many elements to dedicate to the themes of these planets. But we see this like sand cruiser thing. Clearly another. This this movie looks jam-packed with battle sequences, which I'm actually really excited about. Um, and then we see Lando piloting the Falcon, which I am all here for. I just love yeah. it. I love everything with that's, Billy. That's Dean. my favorite um sequence in the trailer so he looks yeah. genuinely happy oh absolutely yeah he's into it fully so. thrilled yeah uh and then we have a y-wing doing some barrel rolls uh i i didn't mention this earlier in the 3po scene where he's getting uh his memory wiped but we do see another character a new character named uh zori bliss played by carrie russell she we don't know a lot about her character other than the fact that she's this bounty hunter she wears this purple suit and this big shiny almost looks like a motorcycle helmet and she's an old friend of Poe's. We don't know if she's good or bad, um, or just if someone of mixed, uh, you know, allegiances. But uh, I I mentioned that just because the the Y wing Y wing doing the barrel rolls might be her piloting it. And the only reason why I say that is because I was at Target earlier, um, and I noticed that there was a new Lego set for the uh -huh. Rise of Skywalker out, and it's for a Y wing. And the little minifigure is the Zori Bliss one. So. Spoiled by Eli. Target. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Lego. Lucasfilm's going to shut that store down. <laughs> um, all right, shall we? Uh, last clip. Fire it up. Okay, and that's the teaser. So that final sequence there, we see Finn and another new character named Janna on these, uh, looks like horses. Uh, I believe they're yeah. actually robots. Okay. Um, what, I was hoping to see the same horses from uh, the casino planet from The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those. But no, I guess there's another horse species. Different those steeds. Yeah, 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 probably not built for battle. Um, right, but uh, you don't realize it at first in the scene where they're riding until a couple scenes late sequences later, 
where it's clear they're riding on top of a Star Destroyer. They're on top of a Star Destroyer. I don't know if it's in space or if it's like docked somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know how gravity works in oxygen, but uh, it's it makes for an incredible spectacle. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, uh, I think overall, like that's the one, the big takeaway that I, I have from this trailer is like they're they're pushing the action in this. Like that's what they're selling by far. They're basically telling you that this is going to be the most action-packed Star Wars movie you've ever seen. I mean, that's what the trailer tells me, at least, by uh, them including all these little parts. Again, we don't know what a false narrative we're being sold is. Uh, we almost certainly are being fed a, force, uh, a false narrative, especially with the lines of dialogue, obviously taken out of context and uh, served up to all you Star Wars fans because you you just eat it up like ramen, slurp oh. it up. It's a cat. Um, it really is. And they play on that, right? So oh. I was thinking, like, thinking of all these three trailers for the new sequels, um, has any of the stuff that we thought happened in the trailers actually happened in the movie? It's doesn't it, isn't most of that stuff like fake? Like the lines that we, we've been led to believe? Isn't almost, it all red herrings? Almost always. Yeah. Either intentionally or they're clips used that aren't actually used in the final cut right. of the film. That's a very common thing, which is because they're not finished editing it, right? Right. But yeah, these trailers are made to be a narrative almost in a vacuum. Like, not even telling the story of the film. It's like telling the story of what they want you to feel from the trailer. Right. And so these are, a lot of this dialogue, I imagine, will be cobbled together from different conversations and weren't actually uttered in the way that we hear them, uh, which is fascinating. Uh yeah, I mean, Endgame went even further. Like Marvel actually films sequences to put in the trailer that are meant to actually misdirect people right. that break down, tra you know, try to figure out what the story is based on every yeah. frame of the trailer. I don't know that Star Wars does that, uh, goes to th those lengths. Um, but we but do know that they play they play around with the timeline of the dialogue. And, it's still yeah. very, very deceptive. Uh, um, a couple other things, though, I want to mention um in that last sequence oh also i did i failed to mention earlier on rose tico mm -hmm. rose tuco in the early drafts um <laughs> she uh we do see her i'm guessing we won't be seeing her a ton but in the background of the shot where uh basically this the sequence is towards the beginning of this trailer it looks like a bunch of resistance people are running into a shuttle like they're evacuating i'm guessing they're under attack and she's turning back as if to try to help or wait for someone and just behind her um, are two actors, resistance fighters, it looks like. One of them is Billy Lord, who is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, who's, who was in the last two films. Uh, and Dominic Monaghan, uh, Mary from Lord of the Rings, who uh, I, we knew that he was cast in the film, but we've known very little about what role he plays, but we know he's in the resistance. And uh, I, I was worried that seeing someone from Middle Earth in a Star Wars film might take me out of it. Is um is there a chance that he's in a band in this, like he wasn't lost? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, there is. Yeah, yes. <laughs> space yeah. band. <laughs> I would love it if it was just a combination of just the roles that he's most known for. <laughs> in this one. Well, like, he's got he's got two, there. so I was gonna say take them all, the one and the then the other. Um, that's, that's it. Um, so but, uh, you're, you're presuming that we won't see a lot of Rose Tico. How do you feel about that? Um, 
I uh, I'm probably I probably feel about it as, about as good about it as Finn, um, who is probably thrilled that <laughs> he his tag along is um, going to be you know pulled away from him maybe forcefully I don't know I don't know honest I really wonder what her storyline could possibly be. there's just so much story to tell we can't afford to spend too much of it on Rose sure but, why didn't I mean, she die in the last movie. I, uh, I mean, in a way, you could argue she did. Um, okay. In a way, she had her heart broken um, right. because that kiss that she planted on Finn was not reciprocated at all, nor was it consensual. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that for two people, uh, look, I did not uh, dislike that character or the performance as much as a lot of people did, but I will say those two characters had zero chemistry. Um, and uh, and we see in this final sequence of the trailer, we do see Finn. Uh, running in the Death Star wreckage. Uh, so knowing, I guess, seeing Finn there, we know that at least that sequence is not a force flashback or force flirt. So it's, it seems very real. And he's he's yelling Ray. When I first saw that, I wondered if he was like literally running from Rose. Like he was still just trying to shake, you know. Um, she just <laughs> wants to, you know, everywhere Finn goes, she wants to keep you know? <laughs> So, um so then be- one of the one of the main concerns that I heard about uh, when everyone found out that the main character was going to be a, a female Ray, um, one of the main concerns that I saw was uh, people were worried that she would be just another love interest or find just a romantic, some sort of romantic involvement with another character. And to this point, they've resisted that. Do you think they'll continue to resist that? So I don't know how aware you are. There is a ferocious online community known as the Raylos. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So Raylo is what they're called, and they sh- constantly ship Kylo Ren and Rey. Oh, okay. Since The Force Awakens. So imagine when The Last Jedi came out and they were doing those little meetups. Sure. Even that really added fuel to the fire. Um, and people are banking on that happening, and mm-hmm. we'll be very if it doesn't. Okay. Man, I don't, I really go. I'm split on it, whether or not they're going to do it. I I lean slightly more towards they will not make them a romantic item, but the way that Kylo Ren says "I do," uh, like I know you, and in a way is also "I do," as in like I will marry you. I do. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought maybe sending a message. Um, no, but like he does say it in a way that's like. At least maybe this is a one-sided crush. I'm not sure if Ray feels similarly. Honestly, given her exposure to Kylo, she shouldn't feel right. positive romantic feelings towards him. But their connection to the Force has made them uh, get to know each other's souls, their you know, intentions, their histories. So she does have a connection to him that's pretty unique. Um, but I, I really, if I had a preference, I would, I would prefer not. To make them a romantic item. Now you're shipping them, right? Uh, no, I actually believe that uh, the story works better if uh, Kylo Ren is an incel. So, I mean, I, I he's know. angry. He's. Oh, well, I was going to say, I thought that went without saying. He's he's violent. He's angry. Um, yeah. He loves death. Yeah, I think it, it just. I think it makes more sense. Oh yeah, yeah. He's committed acts of terrorism, mm-hmm. I would say. The opening sequence of The Force Awakens. The cult. Yeah, he's yep. it's he joins a death cult is what it is. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um 
I can't imagine it's the only incel that Harrison Ford has given birth to. Now that I think about it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with these other kids. Um, no, let's. <laughs> there's still a couple other scenes in this last sequence that I actually think are significant. Before I forget, uh, dude, we see the throne room from Return of the Jedi. That's what it looks Very like. Clearly, we see the window. We see mm -hmm. the, the old, not the not the new throne with the icy stuff. The old one from Return of the Jedi, and they're standing there, uh, Ray with her lightsaber, at, you know, on and activated. Uh, but not Kylo. So he's he doesn't look to be in fighting or aggressive form. It doesn't look like a battle scene. Uh, and I wonder, you know, I, really either Kylo's going to go to the light side or Ray's going to go to the dark side in this film. And Ray's not going to the dark side. So how Kylo, and this is just my guess, just theorizing here, but I just don't think that the film ends with both of them in their respective places on the force. I just don't think that that's... that's there is no possible way that they end it that way. It's, it's just not going to happen. So. And, I, and equally, I think there's no possible way Ray goes dark. Nope. And that confirmed it when they showed the Ray going dark in the teaser, because it's just like, of course, that's not real. Yeah. If that were an actual real plot line, they would never put that in a teaser. No. So we know it's sort of force vision, force fever dream, whatever. Um, but that's that scene, seeing the throne, was pretty cool. Now, I, I hope that it's actually used with good purpose and not just a, a tour of the old movies, you know, uh, which I'm afraid a lot of the movies could be. Uh, we do see what I what I think the, uh, there's a, uh, a sequence here that has sparked already the most discussion um, out of this trailer, and that is Kylo and Rey are swinging their lightsabers at some sort of object, mm -hmm. some sort of thing that immediately crumbles into this like uh, dust, not unlike the residue of the helmet, the uh, Vader helmet that we see Kylo uh, worshiping in The Force Awakens. Um, but there's some sort of entity or thing that they're clearly working together towards striking down. Yeah. Uh, it's also their hand. Yeah. It's also not unlike the bonus stage from street fighter two, mm -hmm. where you, you just combine forces to destroy stuff. That, oh yeah. So. That's yeah, just a wreck stuff. Yeah. It could, yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to know what they, what they swung at, but, uh, but they, they the <laughs> they're, going that, they're going for that. Perfect. That's all. That's all they care about. Yeah. No, they're going to, well, they're going to get it. Um, <laughs> um uh, yeah that's really the most ambiguous and and uh yeah i have a feeling that doesn't even end up in the movie i that's it may not that seems like a throwaway well it my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the rogue one trailer was Jin urso's uh the character she it's at the very end of the trailer she's in this uh like little tube on the desk oh, yeah. and she turns around and the lights turn on one by one and it's mm -hmm. such a cool shot it's nowhere in the film. Not mm -hmm. like it. Not even that it was cut like on the cutting room floor. It's just like I don't even know where that would have been. We find out later that this was like Gareth Edwards. No wonder the production was taken away from him at the eleventh hour. The dude was just making like cool, like ex like uh, just experimental shots with the. He got on set and was like, "Oh my gosh, look at all these cool props. Let's just make cool stuff, like cool scenes." And he literally they filmed that. It was just in the dailies. And the people cutting the trailer were like, this is going in. But it actually wasn't filmed as part of the script, as part of any narrative. It was just a cool-looking shot. Uh, I think maybe that this was that same thing. They were like, Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. Put filler in there. I'm cool with that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Just put it on the DVD. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, yeah, more more uh, ships, more space battles, lots of fightings, uh, lots of horses on <laughs> Star Destroyers. Uh, and then we have Ray. The final shot uh, is... Ray standing in front of what appears to be the emperor on a very tall throne. 
and it's moving closer to her as he's laughing and she take, starts to take a couple steps back. Then it cuts to an up close shot of her face with her lightsaber kind of glowing next to her face. And then we hear Luke say, the force will be with you. And then Car uh, Carrie Fisher or Leia say always, which was another emotionally affecting part. Um, landed much better, uh, much better for me than the 3PO one did. Right. Part, part of that is because these were sentient human, like living beings. Um, no memory wipes. Right. Uh, but but also it it sounded like uh, a Princess Leia that is no longer alive. And that was a big question going into this is, you know, are they we know that they're using old footage of Carrie Fisher to round out uh, Princess Leia's story. But will she be a lot? Will the character be alive by the end of this film? Or are they going to find a way to have her pass away? And, and that end of the trailer makes me I feel like that answers the question. That sounded like someone speaking from beyond the grave. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's that's one thing. That's probably something that we actually can take away from this. So good pick up. So that's our that's the trailer breakdown. One more question for you, Aaron. You weren't hugely optimistic at, in this film and JJ taking over the reins from Colin Trevorrow, who also you weren't optimistic about. Um, but watching the trailer are you more or less optimistic yeah honestly i am more optimistic because the one thing that i i can always fall back on star wars even if i don't like i'm not fully in love with the lore or all that stuff all the, the characters that they add on um is the battle sequences like it's at the end of the day just give me some huge set pieces where stuff is blowing up um and lights sure. lightsabers are swinging around i think like to me that's the most fun stuff and um, if I got a lot of, if I got, if I have like an hour and a half of that in this movie, then I'll be good. I'll be good. I think you will. I think yeah. this one's going to be long. Yeah. Since, and that's exactly what I got out of watching this trailer. I, that's why I'm optimistic after seeing it. All the other cheese, all the other fluff. Fine. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll take it. As long as I get 90 minutes of, of cool aircraft uh, battles and a lot of like blaster fights. Maybe you will like this movie after all. Yeah. Yeah, my hope my hopes are up now. I have expectations. Well, it's coming in two months. Uh December 19th is the Thursday. I got my 6 wow. p.m. IMAX 2D tickets. Excited. How many times um, will you see it that opening day? The opening day. Uh I mean it's it's I think it's pretty long. Do so we have a runtime? It'll be more than three times opening day. I think I'll see it two or three. Um, I oh, what is the runtime? Two. I, I I thought I it was two hours forty. That's pretty. That's pretty long. Yeah, it might be like thirty five. Uh, as I'm furiously. I remember, it. like, we're, I can't. Um, I want to say it was uh when we were working at the movie theater, and I um, it might have been Lord of Lord of the Rings. Um, mm. might have been Lord of the Rings. The two towers, but I specifically remember people buying tickets in sequence. Like guys would go to the box office and buy. Like they would ask me, like, "When does the movie get out?" Because I want to buy the next one so I can watch it immediately after. And I remember multiple people doing that, buying like up to three tickets for the movie in that opening day. Um, yeah, wild! It's it's insane. But I recently rewatched Two Towers, and and I get it. <laughs> the movie's incredible. It's so good. I could imagine. I could. I could see walking out of the Battle of Helm's Deep, be like, "Yeah, I want to run that back." Like, yeah. Wanna... And these people were like buying it sight unseen. Like, you know, obviously, fellow they had seen Fellowship, Fellowship which was this is yeah. incredible. Again, incredible movie. Um, but that kind of time commitment is uh, that's pretty hardcore. 
doing that with any film yeah. is hardcore. Yeah. Doing it with the Lord of the Rings film, which is you know three hours long, <laughs> um, yeah. This is oh. even before the extended editions. <laughs> I know. I was actually thinking about doing that for um, the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, just being the Scorsese head that I am. Just, just at home on Netflix, just run it back. Run it back. Run Are it you right gonna, back. Yeah, you'll have it in LA. Obviously, you'll you'll be able to see it. In oh, I'm gonna go see it in the theater for sure. I, it was supposed to get a wide release, but it's looking like fewer and fewer theaters are gonna get it. It's gonna yeah. be like medium. I don't know if it's. I have no idea if it's gonna be released here. Uh, I would love to see it in theaters, but I may be watching it in the comfort of my own phone on an uh, on an iPod Mini uh, in the bathtub. <laughs> the smallest, smallest screen possible. possible. Just yeah. to get on the nerves of uh, Well, Scorsese. it's an amusement. It's not really cinema. It's more like an amusement park. So it doesn't. I don't need the biggest screen possible. <laughs> uh, um, no, I'm excited for Irishman. Really excited, actually. Yeah, for sure. On, the more I read about it, it's Joe Pesci. The Return of Joe Pesci. The Return of Joe Pesci. I can watch um, uh, uh, my cousin Vinny once a week. I can watch it once a week. Oh, good. Easily. Oh, good. He's great in Casino. He's mm -hmm. great in Home Alone. He's great in Goodfellow. He's great in everything. He's really great. <sighs> Joe. It'll be good. To Rest in back. peace, Joe. Rest in peace, Joe. Uh, glad they were able to digitally bring him back. <laughs> He went so, out like C three PO. No, at the end of Irishman, they wipe his memory. Oh gosh, that be so Joe. What are you looking at? What are you doing there, Joe? <laughs> he says one last look at all of his friends, and the camera turns, and it's De Niro. Uh, it's um, it's Macaulay Culkin. Um, it's Marissa Tomei. You know, it's like it's like every it's all of his Ray friends. Liotta, yeah. <laughs> It's De Niro. It's De Niro in those lifts, the six-inch lifts that he wears. Oh gosh! As, as Scorsese, just it's he's messing with the wires behind. He cuts the cord. <laughs> says goodbye to all his friends. I'm just, I'm just imagining a nine-year-old Macaulay Culkin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, well, great man. Thanks for doing the trailer rundown. Yeah, no, uh, no problem, man. So next on the list, uh, we're gonna do Jojo Rabbit. Is that the next film to come out? I, I don't get that one until next weekend. Oh, okay. Um, but does anything worthwhile come out? I know uh, Skyler just saw a press screen. Yeah, yeah. Now, this was a film made for Skyler. There was no chance <laughs> and no chance whatsoever that he was well, not going to absolutely adore this film. True. And he came out saying 99 out of 100. So <laughs> it's we tried to, Rotten Tomatoes. We tried to get him on tonight, but he will not break embargo. So you won't do it. Yeah. He signed yeah. a paper. He wants to honor it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It was literally a napkin too. I was like, this isn't legally binding. Skylar, come talk to us. But he wants to do Taika, right? Uh, it was a Q and a too, uh, apparently yeah. with Jason yeah. McKenzie. Um, so this week it looks like we're getting the lighthouse. I'm not sure if that's Ooh. wide. I hope it is. Uh, let's see. Is it wide for me? Yeah. Thursday. Did you see that? Uh, I love what a 24 does with their social media. Um, they're selling uh, a lighthouse theme beard oil. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> it's wow. so great. I love, I love it. They're, they're the best. <laughs> I love A24. My goal is just to, yeah, I want, I want to make a movie, uh, with A24 and I'll, and I'll pay them whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. So I, I just need to make millions and be like, Hey, look, I, 
you have no reason to trust my we what we have to do one day is like top 10 a24 like that's we have to do an episode yeah there's so many hits some misses but so many hits yeah so they're like they're batting just for movie studios which wow their batting averages are uh really not great um they uh yeah the ratio for a24 is pretty remarkable them and blumhouse (laughs) and Uh, is that the chinese company stx yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, so we'll talk Lighthouse, we'll talk Jojo Rabbit, and then it'll be a steady stream of releases. It's coming. Yeah. All right. May the force be with you, Aaron. And you too. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 